All right, folks, you want to watch how I do a show on strange time zone, little to no sleep. Got here in the middle of the night, literally, almost morning, uh, in terms of the time when you wake up. And yet, I'm still going to do it. I remember going back to my talk radio days. Y'all remember Rush Limbaugh doing, what does he say, with his half his brain tied behind his back? Well, I'm having to do that today. But you're going to see how good I am in the midst of that anyway. We're getting ready. Nutritional Frontiers hosting me in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, today and tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody uh, after the show. And uh, today we've got a couple of new new guests, uh, including Todd Callender, who's going to talk about uh, hospital homicides. More people are aware of this. And then an hour or two, uh, on citizen journalism is on the rise. Yournews.com. Sam Anthony is scheduled. But first, we got to talk about the insanity of monkeypox uh, declarations and or the jabs for them. And uh, let's see what else questions of the day, toxic toilet tissue. That's pretty popular. I mean, it's not popular on your butt. I know, but people want to talk about it. So we'll do that too. All right, y'all get ready. I got my Dr. Evil chair on. I'm going to try to do a move. And we'll be right back with the start of the Robert Scott Bell show after this. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell show. If you're tuning in live, it is August the 5th, 2022. I'm in Pittsburgh, PA. How I got here, I was delirious overnight getting here, but I'm here. And uh, thanks to Nutritional Frontiers, Jamie Dorley and the gang will be joined by Tracy Straup and uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Len Brankowitz, and of course, the rest of the Nutritional Frontiers team. Uh, Super Don, how are my levels here? Because, uh, you know, we test everything and then I go into radio broadcast mode and my inside voice becomes an outside voice. <laughs> your remote, yeah, you, you know, your remote microphone situation is always a little bit different. It, it's yeah. kind of, as long as you don't get, don't get too animated, it sounds yeah. fine. Otherwise, it's a little bit distorted, but you're doing That's okay. the problem. Animation. Now, I am, dude, an I got to yeah. say, I yeah. got to say, this chair. Now, for, is I this get, your? Is this a motel room? Uh, yeah, that's not a Motel 6. but it's I have never room. been in a motel room before, hotel room, that has ever had a chair like mm-hmm. that, and I saw that, and I was like, "Where have I seen this before?" <laughs> ah, yes, I recognize it now. It's my Doctor Evil chair. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is like that. You know, I, I, I should have brought my bell bottoms too, but I didn't. Uh, it's a, it's a very That's, out of time kind of scenario. That is awesome. There, that was a heck of a chair. Yeah. So I did the uh, the travel trip. I had to fly through Midway, which is the Chicago alternate airport. Uh, and there was weather apparently up and down the East Coast or somewhere. And so a lot of flights were delayed and canceled. And mine was just uh, scheduled to go out like 930. And I think we ended up leaving at like 1230 or 130 at night in the morning, middle of the morning. So I got to my hotel room about 4, 430, got to bed around five in the morning. And uh, I'm just, you know, we were we were reviewing the stories for today, Super D. And I was like. I'm just self-assessing. I'm going, I'm sharp as a tack, dude. I was looking at these things, picking them out and asking you mm-hmm. questions. Of course, you were distracted, but there's stuff we got to talk about on this monkeypox thing as well uh, yeah. we're going to get into. But I, I just have to say I did, you know, you encouraged me to do like a Facebook Live. So I did one from the airport. I, and, and I think the observations are still kind of interesting because I was noticing very few people were wearing masks. You know, I would say one, two, three percent tops of the people I saw in the airport and the airplanes. So that okay, well, uh, but if there's a big a difference monkey, between that and, and a year ago, huh? of course. Well, when it was so, so-called mandated, yeah. 
But I want to th- I want to think about this emergency declaration that we're going to open with here. Now the federal government, the Biden administration is declaring a monkeypox emergency, and I'm thinking, where where is the the uh, concern for all these people traveling on overbooked flights, full planes, elbow to elbow with people? There it is, U.S. declaring public health emergency over monkeypox outbreak. I'm like, well. Is once again an emergency is declared, and most Americans are looking around, going, "Don't see it, not concerned about it, not thinking a thing of it." And and you know, if, if everybody stays home in their bubble and hides from monkeypox, I, I just don't see that happening. And and that was you know part of my experience as well, talking about economic realities, inflation, and such. So far, it's not gotten so bad that people have stopped doing things that normally they're accustomed to doing that we've witnessed most Americans doing super D that's an, that was an interesting observation. I think even though we know when we talk about the reality of gas at five bucks, maybe it's rolled back 20 or 30 cents food prices exploding that there's such a buffer in America that we're still not feeling it the way others would, or the way we predict would in, inevitably occur based on the destruction of the federal reserve no dollar. And so we see the illusion of everything's just fine, sort of limping along. I don't know how to explain it, but I, I, I just, it's just jam packed. Maybe it's the rebound from two years of shutdowns that people are still going, Oh man, I can travel now. I'm going to do it no matter what. But there wasn't a sense and there isn't anybody talking about monkeypox. I mean, you can hear a conversations happening as you just, just normal conversations about things that are seemingly inconsequential. So we have an incredible buffer in terms of waking up the people of America to see, well, harsh realities on the planet that we're still seemingly untouched by. I thought that was, I I didn't go in expecting one thing or another, but just observing it on top of, uh, you know, getting in so late. So um, what, Where's the monkeypox emergency? I'm asking. In this article, um, and let me see. It's in the show notes, by the way. If you go to robertscottbell.com, you can uh, sign up for the newsletter that Superdon's sending out by texting 228, well, texting RSB to 22828. What do you got, Super D? Which didn't go out this morning, by the way. I had, I, just, I had some things going on here at home that I was not able to get to it this morning, so I'll be sending that out this afternoon sometime. You have a home life. You have responsibilities. I apologize. I do profusely. Look, um, you know, when I look at you, I'm amazed every day that you get done what you get done. You just know that I'm in awe of you. I am. I am. So, dude, I want to do so much, you know. Yeah, I know. But, you know, so whatever. I actually, you know what? uh, My brother-in-law is going to be helping me out with some things. Okay. I think I I mentioned this to you a few months ago that it would be coming up. And so that... uh, I think that's going to be com- coming to fruition. Well, I appreciate but that. All the help we, we can will, get. So. We will see. So anyway, the monkeypox thing. If mm-hmm. you look at the article, what what does the, the uh, public health emergency declaration accomplish? Mm-hmm. And it says here in the article, it says, the announcement will free up money and other resources to fight the virus, mm-hmm. which, which may cause yeah. fever, body aches, chills, fatigue, and pimple-like bumps on many parts of the body. They didn't say anything about killing you, did it? it although I, I did read something where it said somebody, some, I think it was like a kid or something like that, died of the monkey. Uh, had, of course, you know, one th- thing leads to another sometimes. Yeah. But. 
Well, how um, many people did we learn about died of not COVID, but the treatment for it or other COVID? Of COVID. You're right. So, You're right. So, I, what is the new level at which our federal government declares an emergency? You know, a sniffle breaks out, and it's an it's now a, a national well, emergency. Here, here's my question. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, look, there's some really weird details about this monkeypox. It keeps kind of coming up. We're going to discuss some of that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think it's coincidence that after the giant train wreck of COVID that we just went through over the last two years that that they're doing this now with the monkeypox? Would it be kind of like an overreaction maybe because they're like, oh, man, we don't want to get caught with our pants down? Uh <laughs> Yeah, and then then you get monkeypox. Don't be popping your doors. Uh, oh, that was so unintentional. That really was. was. I saw that. I had to. But, right. but you know what I'm saying, though. Where... I do. Know. I, I just don't think it's that. I think that uh, honestly, it's as simple as they they realize that they can rule by emergency, and they like it. They love it. Of course, we've been under a state of emergency since 1933 when in Congress on the congressional record, they talked about uh, basically we're bankrupt, you know, the money supply, all of that. So we have one perpetual emergency after another, although those don't make the headlines. The headlines are the ones that are like ailments, illnesses. They claim they're viruses or infections. And so those are utilized to what? Strengthen the stranglehold and the centralization of power. And this is, in, in, you know, in a fundamental, obvious violation of separation of powers, much less a decentralized type of uh, environment that our founders had intended, where the states were not inferior to the federal government nor the people. And so the way that they can continue to, to strengthen this, and of course, I think cover up and wallpaper the economic disaster that we're witnessing as well, is to keep us distracted that this emergency is 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 real it's happening it's another one now we got through covid just barely now it's the monkeypox and but they're having to stretch it so thin that you can see through it more quickly you know we saw through covid i did at least very rapidly because of the pcr test analysis and i realized that they were utilizing a test that is not valid for this and in fact we'll hear a little bit of ballander uh, a little later, because I saw this video, and he, he talked about the you know the federal funding and mandates for the hospitals to give you a COVID test even if you come in, you know, with a broken leg or arm, and that if the first test ends up being negative, they give you a second one, and they ra- they raise the threshold, the cycle count threshold, to the point where everybody tests positive, anything you could test positive for, and then you start the cycle of here we give you this, give you this, and induce what they call COVID. And that, you know, this is not coming from, again, another radical homeopath with a radio show. This is coming from an attorney who's investigated and analyzed this. So very sober minds, unlike mine, that didn't get much sleep last night, are pointing out the things that I pointed out almost immediately, not because I'm so brilliant, but because I've witnessed the patterns of the medical matrix for 30 years on broadcast radio now is our 23rd year doing it. So you see these patterns emerge and you're like, this is obviously bunk. But if people haven't been witnessing and learning the language of the medical matrix, like Super Don, you know it, you see it in the news cycle, you see these things go streaming down, you know, like in the Matrix movie, and you're able to pick out and see exactly what's really, really happening. Although, even in all our time together, uh, when I ask you certain questions, of course, you were distracted this morning and busy. But I think these things are very obvious. When I point them out, do they make sense? Because I'm going to point them out. If when we nothing come else, they, yeah. beg the, they beg the question. They do. Yeah. 
you know, because, you know, for me, it's just like I look at this and I go, you know, this is one of those, those I look at it and I go, this is like, you know, the, the boy call, uh, calling wolf. Right. Crying wolf, right? Oh, I have cried wolf. Where yes. it's like, yeah. you know, these these scenarios that they put out there, are they are they possible? Mm-hmm. Quite often they are. But if you know, they keep they keep crying wolf and crying wolf and to me it's 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 like I look at it and I go, Is this the time where it's actually real? And yeah. if it is, how screwed are we gonna be because we're not gonna believe it? Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I, I mean, that's I, I, my perspective yeah. anyway. And, and I do believe that um, the illnesses and ailments we discuss, as far as their manifestation is real, what causes it is is always in question in this in this Look, on this show. Uh, the possibility yeah. of a true epidemic, mm-hmm. right? Or pandemic or whatever. It's it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, but there's but, a different explanation than theirs. Now, they say this in this article that they've declared this emergency and what is it that they're saying? It signals the US government's seriousness and purpose. Oh, it's and symbolic. sounds global warm. It's it, yeah, we're yeah. serious and we have a purpose. Really we what really, is we really really mean it this time. We mean it this time. Yeah. And and you know what what is this seriousness thing? Like we we just think everything's a big joke because we talk about the uh, valid, uh, let's say, concerns about their declarations, much less their reasons for declaring it. And they say under this declaration, the Health and Human Services can draw from emergency funds, once again, printing more money out of thin air to debase the currency even further. If $5 a a gallon gas is not bad enough, check your grocery bill. Uh, And then they can hire or reassign staff to deal with the outbreak and take other steps to control the virus. Didn't we learn anything about COVID? Virus is going to virus. And especially when we look at monkeypox at the so-called transmission proclamations, how does it happen? And we're going to get into that with some of the, the you know, the stories that oh, are coming. There's, yeah, there's a really yeah. interesting article in hour two having to do with that. I think it's I think it's the most interesting article of the day for me. Yeah, yeah. So they say it's not a red or blue state issue. Well, again, this is the thing. The Hegelian dialectic, they try to synthesize this analysis or, or, or synthesize through fear our directed goal to get you afraid of this latest so-called viral outbreak so that whether you're Republican or Democrat, you come together and say it's an emergency, let's hold hands. Wait, don't hold hands because we could transmit it, whatever. And, and so then then we come back to um, the vaccine that I said, where is this vaccine, right? Where did this come from? Monkeypox. It's like, when did we ever hear of monkeypox outbreaks in the United States? It's something that you hear about in Africa occasionally. And this racist, by the way. Yeah, of course. That's what they say. Stigmatizing. Yeah. And so it's called Jinea. Where is this thing? What is the name of this thing? Looking for it in my article here in front of my eyeball. It's like an acronym. Actually, you know what they show it? Hold on. They show it in the um, in the article, Mm -hmm. the AP article. If I scroll back up, Jineos. Jineos. There it is, right there. You see that? Let me blow it up full full size here. Yeah. Thank you. J Y N N E O S. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, if it's a name yeah. or an acronym. I can't really tell. <laughs> I you think know? it's just their, their trade name for it. Geneos. Drug names are so weird these days. Yeah, but what do they say that they, they are going to do? They give these doses typically uh, 28 days apart. And I want you to consider this. And this was like a pop quiz for Super Don here. Hmm. They're currently giving this to people soon after they think they were exposed as a measure to prevent symptoms. 
Okay, I want you to think about this. This is, as far as I know, it's not an mRNA shot like the COVID, but it might be more of a traditional viral vector vaccine of some kind, antigen, is, antibody. Yeah. And this Geneos is given 28 days apart, and now they're currently giving it to people soon after they claim they may have been exposed to prevent what? Symptoms. Now, tell me what vaccine in the history of vaccines they promoted in this way. In case you get exposed, let's give you a dose and then a dose 28 days later to see if we can prevent symptoms. It sounds like the vaccine is no longer a vaccine and it's a therapeutic or a treatment. Isn't that interesting? They've yeah. converted what they used to call a vaccine into a, into a therapy, a drug of some kind. <laughs> well, I thought it. a vaccine prevented yeah. you from getting that's the theory that's the proclaimed intent and and so this is a again a very sobering look at the insanity with which they're trying to play one over on us and they think we're all a bunch of rubes and morons and yes there are a lot of people that are still falling for it that won't notice that wait 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 a second you're telling me the vaccine is now a treatment but you're not saying it's a treatment and you're giving it after people are exposed to prevent symptoms when was that ever tested to do that how about never? How about never? And so on top of that now, because this is, again, another transfer of wealth from the American taxpayer to the pharmaceutical industrial complex, more deadly than the military industrial complex, the FDA is now considering dividing these doses into one-fifth of the normal size dose that they've so-called approved it for use for all this time. And you're laughing. Why are you laughing? Um... That's I mean, it is a little bit of laughter, right? Just, well, okay, look, I, I mm -hmm. suppose mm -hmm. in a situation where you want to try and get as many people vaccinated as possible, right? mathematically, this makes sense. Yeah. But here, I guess my, my first question that comes to mind is, if this is an effective vaccine at one-fifth of the dose, then why are you giving people the whole vaccine? Right, why are you giving them five times the dose that you now say they, they only need one-fifth? Now, granted... They've not gone through any testing to prove this theory, if it's even a theory. They're just literally going, we want everybody to feel like they're getting something, whether it works or not. Do they give a flip about the science? Again, where's Hotez and all the skeptics on this? Yeah, we'll just uh, take it down by 20% or 80%. We'll reduce it by 80% and keep giving it and go, it's all good. Like, where is, where is the scientific acumen and, and you know dedication to actually validating these things? They're just spitballing, is, that, is the point. As much as they've accused people in naturopathic and homeopathic medicine as being unscientific, they are patently unscientific within the vaccinology realm. Well, it, this is the dose, but hey, let's, let's take it down by 80% and see what happens. Then we'll just spread out the dose and dilute it. Are they now arguing for microdosing vaccines? Are they now arguing that homeopathy, by diluting something to the <laughs> Homeopathic geneos, right? yes. Exactly. Yes. See where this is going? And yeah. they're, not, they're not blinking at all. It's like, yeah, we'll just uh, take it down to 20% normal dose and spread it out, and we hope it works. No, no, it'll be fine. Like, where, is the, where is the scientific deliberation, the argument that, hey, and we've never tested this way, much less the use of it as a treatment versus a so-called preventive in terms of prophylaxis? According to I'm this, this Caliph guy. He's yeah. the, uh, the, the FDA dude, I think, right, Caliph? Mm -hmm. um, he says here that it's important to note that overall safety and eff the efficacy profile uh, will not be sacrificed using this approach, which they, they say is called 
dose sparing. Yeah, yeah, but how so can he say that? What they're saying is, Caleb is saying here that the, yeah. the efficacy of one-fifth of a dose is yeah. the same as a full dose. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this is dose sparing, and it's not going to change anything, except it's 20%. So you're right, and, and I, I point this out to, I don't know that any skeptics are watching the show. They used to yell at us all the time. You guys and gals that believe in this vaccine paradigm are so unscientific, it's embarrassing. As I said, I've been embarrassed for doctors and scientists, PhD-level scientists that promote this kind of agenda for decades. And they understand maybe now why I say that doctors and PhDs that believe this stuff should be parking in the handicapped spots because they're mentally handicapped. They've been corrupted by their training, not to be scientific, not to question, but to just go along with whatever the narrative is. How does that have anything to do with sound science, scientific principles, discovery, inquiry, etc.? And I ask that sincerely because it's just I'm embarrassed for the doctors and scientists. Now, we have the people that have woken up in the midst of COVID, like the Peter McCulloughs and the Robert Malones and Pierre Corys, all of these folks that are allopathically trained, good people, Ryan Cole. I like them, and I've, 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 I haven't had Malone yet on, but we've interviewed a lot of folks. And... Yet there was still a blind spot and that some of them are even breaking through that blind spot about the entirety of the vaccine belief or paradigm. The idea that we could inject antigens before mRNA to stimulate antibodies as if that would be the magic holy grail bullet to prevent disease and ignore all of the things done in the name of quote unquote public health, ironically, and I'm going to give it the legal fiction that it is in terms of benefits to individuals now by what? Not by mass uh, vaccinating, but by cleaning up water, by enhancing uh, sanitation procedures and processes and sewage uh, treatment. Uh, how about adequate nutrition? You know, these basic concepts of the terrain, enhancing the basic concepts of we got to clean up our act, not in a septic uh, scenario, but in a balanced, healthy scenario. And that before the advent of just about every vaccine you can pick out, the diminishment of incidence and mortality, morbidity to those so-called vaccine preventable diseases before the vaccines were ever out on the marketplace, in the marketplace, were diminishing, declining to such a degree that they claim the last percent of movement downward was caused buy the vaccine, but they ignore all the preceded it. And then they say it's 100% because of the vaccine. It's an absurdity. And it can't be it can't be verified or validated that the vaccines are really the cause of all the wonders of the greatest breakthrough in modern science and medical history in the world. And there are still people that believe that despite this. But yet now there are doctors, doctors, medical doctors and scientists that have come out and looked back now because of the COVID and said, my gosh, was I believing a lie? Was I believing a falsehood, an untruth, basically marketed to, in, into our belief system? I call it black magic. It's sorcery. The source of what? Pharmacia. And it's just manifested more technologically and more rapidly in an era where you know there's instant communications around the world. And our fear of germs has made us stupid made us vulnerable to believe that the elite ruling class wearing a white lab coat, maybe carrying a stethoscope, would guarantee their righteousness, their correctness, their scientific acumen and, and superiority to all the holistic ideas and principles that preceded modern 
medical monopolies? I, I ask that you really, really go deep on this. If it's prayerful, meditation, contemplation, whatever, or if it's deep diving into the medical literature to say these people are not engaged in scientific methodologies to make statements like, well, it's the same thing if we get down by 80%. Well, if that's the case, then why did you ever have it at what you call 100%? And and, and if, if vaccines were supposedly to prevent quote-unquote disease through antigens to antibodies, then what are you doing with monkeypox now after people claim exposure, giving a dose, one dose, and then another dose 28 days later to prevent symptoms? Is that what this was all about? Or are you just making it up as you go along to fit the narrative that's currently manifesting to keep the money flowing in from the U.S. taxpayer into the pharmaceutical church, the dangerous death cult of the allopathic medical monopoly? I know I'm asking such sober questions considering the sleep I didn't get last night, but that's the point of this. If you don't see through it now, you might never, and then it'll be too late. How many people have lost loved ones, friends, family members who innocently went into the hospital because they really did have symptoms and then were killed by the methods that were promoted from a centralized federal top-down bureaucracy that goes even farther than that into global governance, WHO, World Economic Forum? How are they going to reduce the population of the planet? They get you to volunteer get you sick and get you to volunteer for the treatment that will usher you out of the life chain. And as I mentioned last week with Jerome Corsi on the show, talking about the nonsense of global warming and anthropogenic, I meant, I, I meant to say anthropogenic. I, I said anthropomorphic. I remember last week, but anthropogenic uh, global warming or climate change. The idea here, of course, is to convince you to stop breathing, but the people that are the biggest advocates for electric cars destroying the planet <laughs> because of what they're raping the land to pull out. And, oh, man, the amount of oil and coal that has to be burned to keep generating the electricity to keep them charged. It's just insane. And the people most engaged in global warming or climate change discussion being caused by man are the ones that are going to kill more people than a change in climate would ever do. Because if you reduce the flow of oil and or the energy produced by it for you to access, you will go hungry, you will starve to death. So for all of you, if you're in this audience, probably not. Global warming earth muffins that want to kill everybody else, why don't you volunteer and take yourself out first and let us deal with the aftermath? I know I'm getting a little harsh here, but I'm, I'm just... I'm getting tired of being Mr. Nice Guy on this issue because I don't want to see anybody commit suicide either. But the point is, if you're willing to commit homicide on the planet on a mass scale where billions of people will die because you're playing into the World Economic Forum scenario, you will own nothing and you will like it. You will mandate you to buy an electric car. Despite the fact that uh, you won't be able to afford the electricity to, to, be able to pump that battery back up, much less replace the battery in 10 years much less cover up the destruction to the planet that you say you love via strip mining these rare earth minerals out to make these batteries even work. There's so much more to discuss here, and uh, I'm, I'm probably being too sober on a Friday. We should lighten it up, but I'm not going to. I pray that this works. Our first-time guest is Todd Callender with us. Super Don? I think he is. Todd? Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. I hope the audio and video is going to work because we've been having some uh, technical difficulties with uh, not tests and stuff. So, Todd, welcome to the show. 
and I got no audio from Todd right now. See, this is the kind of thing. It's like, I don't know why uh, this happens to make me look like we're doing Wayne's World type of broadcasts here. And there's good people like Todd that have great things to say. And I want him. To, I want to hear what he has to say. Um, there's a video on Rumble. Do you, uh, Super Don, you don't happen to have that Rumble video queued up because that says a lot right there even. And it's probably too much to ask because I watched it. It was great. Uh, and, and what Todd knows is an attorney. And he's got a, a website here. Let me see if I can figure out where this website is. Uh, there is Disabled Rights Advocates, dradvocates.com. Civil rights, employment law, COVID-19 mandates, military law, etc. And uh, the rumble, um, it's a minute and a half long. These are hospital homicides. Attorney Todd Callender, Callender explains in the process. Todd, you here? Yeah, my apologies. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. The video's out of sync, but as long as we can hear you, I'm happy for that because you you nailed it in that little one minute twenty three second segment on Rumble. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, dude, you know it, and you're not afraid to speak it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've encountered a lot of the hospital homicides really for the last year or so, and we've discovered a lot of, including what effectively is the amalgamation of public health, law enforcement, the judiciary, and um, I'm happy to explain. Well, yeah, I mean, in this in this article, I say this article, this little clip you were talking about how these hospital homicides are occurring, uh, that you could go into the hospital for such seemingly innocuous injuries, have nothing to do with it. And if they, the hospital receives so-called federal funds, which are U.S. taxpayer money stolen from them under the guise of taxation or, or printed into the future. So it's uh, basically the, the unseen tax that becomes very seen right now in terms of uh, inflation. And they give you a COVID test, and you're like negative, and they're like, "Well, we, that's not real. Let's let's ramp up another to- COVID test, uh, go up higher on the uh, cycle count thresholds, and of course, you can test positive for anything." And then they start drugging you into COVID symptoms. Right. Yes, with uh, the same drugs that you use for lethal midazolam, uh, in addition to others, and we've sadly actually in a hospital while we're trying to get them out. Not in one case, the hospital told me, the, the hospital's lawyer, to die here in my hospital. Uh, and this, this is where I actually ran into the, the whole conspiracy. This is legitimately a theory whatsoever. We understand that more, more than a million people were, were killed this way. Uh, and by medical battery, they give somebody a drug that they don't, don't want, whether that's my Dazlam, Remdesivir, a ventilator they don't want. That, that's a medical battery. And on top of that, they, uh, they commit false imprisonment. They have the right to do what's called AMA against medical advice to leave, and the hospitals won't let them leave. We've actually uh, get off, off the gurney and start walking out. Yeah, and then the uh, DNRs, they're given like case of uh, uh, Scott Chera and his daughter Grace, who is a Down syndrome child. And we yeah. see the parallels between the rise of Nazi Germany and what they did to get rid of the so-called undesirables uh, or the useless eaters, the people that couldn't contribute to society. And Vera Sharav, who's a Holocaust survivor, has teamed up and they're, they're, they're talking about historical relevance to the contemporary manifestations of the killing fields within the hospitals. And the doctors were the ones that engaged in the atrocities at that time. Uh, without them, it may not have been the same. I don't know. But the reality is we're dealing with a profession that is already known to be the third leading cause of death even before COVID. 
And now we arguably say that the vast majority of people who died of COVID at the very best really died with it and were killed by the protocols engaged in the hospitals. Not not just in the United States, but around the world, but primarily here as we talk about the U.S. right now. It is global. It's absolutely global. You know, I I practice out of the United States, and I I really just came back into the U.S. to to help people out of hospital homicides and to try and sue the Department of Defense. As a matter of fact, when the mandates came out with relation to the um, the kill shots, so I've been neck deep in this, and I can confirm everything you said. In, in reality, this is just a do Nazi Germany in 1937, exactly as you describe it. And we, we are in the middle of a genocide, and it is a criminal enterprise. You've got all, all of that exactly correct. This is just one more vector, right? The vector to kill more people. I, I couldn't be more clear about it. And and this is where I'm saying that, that this and now the public health uh, apparatus, right, where the mm-hmm. state takes over medical decisions. Is in a defense. You can look at the National Defense Authorization Act of 2022 and 2023, and you will find that this is a um, We're getting, I apologize, Todd, some dropouts as well and packet loss on your audio, and I don't know why. What browser are you using on the interface here today? I'm trying to gather data. Uh, so Safari. Safari. Yeah, sometimes they claim Google Chrome works better with this. I don't know. I've just been, uh, uh, you know, annoyed, not with you, but uh, we went to this software delivery system that is uh, much cleaner and simpler, yet lately we've been seeing some issues with it. We're going to have to reach out to the, you know, the Restream folks because Superdon, I don't don't get why we're having such consistent poor audio interfaces. Uh, as far as this goes, because Todd, what you have to say is very, very important because it's, again, talk about the sobering reality uh, that I, I'd like to be chippy and clippy and happy and all of this about life. And I am for the most part, and I'm seeing people try to go on and live their lives. But the risk to go into a hospital today in America is, you know, I've known that you're more likely to die in a hospital than not. And it's not just because sick people are in hospitals. Um, there have been analyses from around the world, particularly the first one came out in Israel many years ago when the doctors and uh, these hospitals went on strike. Uh, overall mortality in that country of Israel dropped precipitously in an amazing way and uh, stayed low until the hospital, the doctors went back to work, then it went right back up to previous levels. And yet we've elevated and exalted the medical class of like to godlike stature and status. And so homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists and lay practitioners were never are never invited to the table of discussion over all these so-called transmissible, communicable viral diseases and had they asked us, we would have been uh, helping people to survive this thing, like even some of the doctors that went in a different direction than the federal mandates in hospitals. That's right. That, that was the biggest psychological warfare operation out of all this, and the, the compliance of the media, right? Safe and effective is actually illegal for them to say about an emergency investigational new drug, and yet they say it. So th- this is, like I said, just a, another vector uh, eliminating 95% of the world uh, population, and, and we're right in the middle of it. Hey, Todd, this site, you have dradvocates.com. Is this something that, for instance, I had uh, an email. It's like it, next hour we're going to do this, but uh, we should send this to you as well. You might want to engage in it. I, we forwarded it to Jonathan Emord, my good friend. Um 
question of the day coming from Julia about her, as I think her husband or her dad, I can't remember at the moment, it's not in front of me, who is subject to a transplant issue, like a heart transplant, something significant. And they're saying that you have to have the COVID jab before we give you this procedure. And yet the COVID jab would be fully contraindicated for any and all vascular issues, right? Heart especially. And they may be denying them treatment in a violation of so many things. And I thought maybe yeah. I could so forward to them. Is this the kind of thing that someone like that would go to dradvocates.com and say, hey, we got this dilemma. Can you help? Absolutely. And 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 by the way, there's only a handful of us. Part of the mission for our firm is to provide people the tools to fight their own fight. And I can tell you, look at the 2008 amendments to the Americans with Disabilities Act. Once somebody is invoked or, or that hospital cannot discriminate against them, they have to provide a reasonable accommodation, which in this case, prior to the, the surgery, we handle hundreds, if not thousands of these, including exemptions for the same reason. Look up the ADA. It's all right there. The most important thing is to notify the hospital purposes of the law. Right? And then it's discriminatory for them to try and force the shots on you. Yeah, so this is called uh, Disabled Rights Advocates. And it's DR, like doctor, but DR Advocate. And there's a contact page, and you just send an email to info at dradvocates.com. Info at dr and then advocates all together.com. Uh, and if you have a situation like this, maybe Todd or, or other folks can with Todd can uh, can uh, help help you out or, or direct you to people that can I I think this is going to be an increasingly uh, serious issue that people are coming into because you know hospitals are used people go to hospitals they're still going to hospitals like how do we get them protected and get the treatment that they're really seeking not all this other stuff leading to their untimely demise because of treatment for a disease they never even had well I, I can tell you this it's it's easier than one might think that Thanks to Adnan Tedros, um, who, who now says that loss of consortium is a disability, practically any for six months or more qualifies you for the protections of the Americans with Disabilities Act. See, I've even had the, had the shots. They might have a torn rotator cuff or something, but it was persistent mm. for six months or more. And yeah. the number one thing is to notify the hospital or your employer or someplace of, of public, I am disabled for purposes of the ADA. In fact, some people just say ADA. You'd be amazed at the rights of that, and you are uh, protected against discrimination. Great. Hey, Todd, uh, listen, I'm going to have to cut it short just because the audio is choppy, and I don't want people to get frustrated, but we have put your website out there. Maybe we could do a follow-up on it, but it's very timely what you're talking about here, especially with that question coming in. And um, we're going to see more attorneys probably engaged in, in pushing forward on this. And I wish we didn't have to have a litigious society, but if they keep violating people's rights and that's the only remedy, uh, you know, I want people to know it. Fight, fight, fight. You know, there's, everybody's got to stand on their own and we'll help. Yeah. And Super Don says we're going to play that one minute, 23 second clip, which is so good from you. It's on Rumble. So we'll get a really good perspective for those that haven't seen it. Why I like you, Todd, and what you're doing. You're not you're not coward. You're not kind of dancing around issues like a lot of times you'll see attorneys. They won't go right to the heart of the matter. It's annoying. I'm not annoyed by you, my friend. And I want to talk to you again <laughs> when we can get this audio stuff worked out, if you don't mind. You bet. I'm here to help. God bless you. 
All right. Thanks, uh, Todd Callender. Uh, check out this uh, video. Super Don's got it, uh, I think, queued up now. Um, just a minute, 20-second clip. It's worth worth your watch and listen. In 2008, the U.S. government merged um, public health with law enforcement, with the judiciary, and with corrections. All four of them are now under one roof. So, for instance, a, a typical example when I get these every single day, um, to, to this moment, these are hospital homicides. Somebody will go to the hospital with a broken arm. They arrive with an ICD-10 code, right, the international codes. They are mandatorily given, per the hospital's protocols, because they accept federal funding, a COVID test. If the COVID test comes back negative, they are given another COVID test with a higher cycle rate. They invariably come back positive. At that moment, they are then moved to a COVID ward where they are given an IV bag with midazolam. My Dazolam, right, that's the one they use for lethal injections. And what it does is tranquilize the lungs and it lowers oxygen absorption rates to about 70%. That is then used as the pretext to move them into the IC ward. 70% oxygen is their limit. They then add in the remdesivir into that IV bag. Invariably, they end up on a, on a ventilator, and the ventilators are operating and broadcasting on the 60 gigahertz signal the same one that separates oxygen from nitrogen. It's only a function of time then from when they die. All right, I should be back in now and up and running. Super Don, confirm that with me. Just, uh, there yes, you are. Back. I saw I saw most of that. Hopefully, did the video play okay despite whatever yes, was happening? Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's weird gremlins in, in, the, uh, in, in the, the machinery today. Yeah, it, it is that from time to time. Thank you for bearing with us. I wish I didn't have to say thank you for bearing with us when these things happen, but I appreciate, again, what, what Todd is doing. And, uh, you know, he's he's witness to it. He's calling it out. And this is an example that we must uh, really all become that, where you see it. You know, when they say you see something, say something, but not in a creepy governmental way. It's not like in a, snitch, talking, a snitching kind of way. No, yeah. we're talking about when these collectivist government agents and hospitals do these things. These are crimes, real crimes, not the phony crimes of thought crimes. These are actual crimes that are being committed that are resulting in needless and untimely deaths of not one or two or dozens, but thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, and we go to that global scale. Uh, so, uh, again, interesting cat in the attorney field that's uh, – kind of timed out interesting with that question from julie that we have uh, next hour I, if i'd have known and if we had good audio i'd have gone through that case with him in more depth as well uh, yeah so. i don't know what's going on here but uh you know because the thing is 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 uh somebody will, will connect and it'll be like that right and then the yeah. next person will come on and it's awesome yeah so, there's so many different variables in doing live audio and video you know, whether it's, it's your computer, their computer, their internet, your internet, you know, I mean, who knows? Funny yeah, storm, and I, I recognize that I'm on a remote, so I expected that there might be problems on my end, which there was right. momentarily. But right. right now, as far as I can tell, your audio and my audio and video is fine. And, I think uh, so, because I mean, yeah. I've checked it on the stream. So, yeah, how, so about it, a, how about we deal with a question? Okay. Coming out of the chat room, our, our friend uh, Christy okay. apparently had a mishap. Uh oh. Hey, everyone, I fell a few hours ago and broke my ankle in multiple places. They say I will most likely need surgery with rods and pins. I'm going to start Arnica ASAP. 
Does anyone have any other suggestions, please? Well, Jonathan Emord went through this. Remember, he had his ankle broken uh, and, uh, you know, from fractures as such. And Arnica, of course, is critical. Um, you can do pain management too, uh, Christy, with uh, the uh, Kratom and or CBD type uh, products to support. So you reduce your reliance on non-steroidal and steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which can suppress the healing. We want to speed your healing. And so the key, of course, is symphytum here with bone breaks and, and uh, fractures. Symphytum is the Latin name for the comfrey. And we've been growing some comfrey out back now since we got the plants from my friend Scott Scherner and his wife. And the comfrey has been absolutely astonishing. And Jonathan Emord has gotten it. He didn't grow it, but he got some tincture, I believe. And he said he made it like a poultice, pla placed it topically when he was able to. And I think he might even had pins put in as well, if I'm not mistaken. And the doctors have been duly impressed with how rapid his recovery has been. So that's a critical, critical part of your recovery, the comfrey. You could take it orally as a homeopathic symphytum. And, of course, there are others that will help with the skeletal system. But we also look at other nutrients that are critical for connective tissue integrity. For years, we've been advocates of using the, uh, we get from choosetobehealthy.com. This is the, uh, the silica that Alta makes, A-L-T-A, Alta Health Products out of Idaho, it's a small family company that's been doing it the same way for generations. And these are tableted forms of silica, and that can be taken three tablets four times a day when you're really needing to load in the silica that's missing because it's it's ripped out of a lot of foods, as you know. And that would be part of, Christy, my recovery protocol if I were in that circumstance. And what we didn't have before that we have now that is so critical for skeletal integrity is copper. The bioactive copper hydrosol, the sovereign copper. And so utilizing that orally, taking a tablespoon at least three times a day, you could take six tablespoons a day. It might cost a little bit to do that, but uh, you're only meeting the RDI according to the actual levels of, of they say, 900 micrograms, which are low. But uh, someone that's recovering from this could use more. But even if you did just three tablespoons a day, because of the form that the copper is in, the copper one and copper two, you have no need for digestive breakdowns of complex things to get the mineral released into the body for utilization. So you have the ability to take the sovereign copper, even at micrograms, and see tremendous benefits. A lot of people are reporting energy coming back into their system because as we talked about, magnesium and copper are critical for uh, mitochondrial production of ATP. But the, uh, the criticality of the uh, copper here for all connective tissue is going to be something that will help you a lot. Of course, the Arnica as well. Um, my wife just tells me that Dr. Christopher's has a salve of some kind that you can use, uh, a joint bone and joint salve that you can put on topically. But of course, when you're dealing with uh, the sensitivity of skin underneath that, the inflammation, Arnica is going to help reduce that right away. If it's not broken skin, you can use Arnica topically, but taking homeopathic Arnica is critical uh, internally as well. And then as you can utilize topical safely without causing further injury, uh, the poultice or the tincture or different forms of, of symphytum uh, topically would be good. Uh, Lori is saying megadose on D3. She broke her foot back in January, and that's what she did. So I'm not going to argue one way or another if her experience has been good or Lori. Um, but we can talk more about it when we're together at Autism One in a couple of weeks now. We're almost to that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Lori is saying I would suggest Dr. Christopher's 
B, F, and C formula. It comes in bulk, original with comfrey and ointment that works wonderful. So great. You have some options if you don't have your own. Um, we're growing it and it grows really great. It's a very happy plant, the comfrey. And so we've been doing some good stuff with it. So anyway, Christy, all the best on your recovery there. I appreciate you reaching out and putting it out to the audience and you should recover much faster than they expect uh, based on what we know uh, can happen when you do it this way. All right, Super D, what other comments or questions uh, coming in? Gretel has comfrey grown in the backyard. Super Don hasn't started growing comfrey yet, um, but uh, I like that there are others that are growing this. No, I have not. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still watch, waiting for the broccoli to, to do something. I'm really excited about that. Yay. I, I'm, you're still ahead of me on broccoli unless my wife takes a picture of our broccoli and shows me that it's starting to grow in the are midst we of a race. You want to race? <laughs> well, you've got a head start. No, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. But it, it gives me hope, too, because sometimes I'll look at the garden and go, dude, wh why isn't there something happening? And then suddenly it goes, oh, OK, there it no, is. No. Like we did uh, the watermelon um, yesterday uh, for lunch. It looked like it was ready. I thumped it. It was a beautiful round watermelon. When I, I cut it up with that, you know, people what? do that. I mean, what's yeah. what? What does thumping it do? I mean, what do you like listen to? It's a sound. It's a, it's a sound or vibration difference. And I, I think that still I don't have that down, Super D. I don't because yeah, I've never we, I've never understood that. We harvested it too soon, and it was like a – I call it a pale or a blonde watermelon. You open it up, it didn't have that nice red, rich, pink color. But it was still delicious, which was – you know, it was still really good. Uh, so we had a nice watermelon from the garden, but I, I think our impatience got to us. And we wanted, like, we had somebody, our friend Scott, over, and we're like, let's have some watermelon for lunch. And we did it before I left yesterday. It was still good. But we're going to we're gonna let it hang out on the vine a little bit longer. But now that I've taken that one out, the others will probably grow faster. It'll redirect or direct more of its energies to grow the other watermelons. Uh, so that was cool. So let's see. What else we got going on today here? Uh, again, we're at the uh, Pittsburgh event. If you haven't signed up, Nutritional Frontiers is standing room only. There's a reception this evening for those that are coming in from out of town at the Sheraton. I'm looking, I'm overlooking the river out the window here. It's a nice area. I walked earlier after I woke up from a little bit of sleep and got some sunshine just to have my body figure out what planet I was on uh, to come in here and get ready for this broadcast. And then we've got the event tomorrow from about 9 to 3 or 9.30 to 3.30 Eastern time, Saturday the 6th of August. And you can see that in upcoming events. Uh, you can still buy a ticket to stream it live, to, to watch it wherever you are. And there's going to be some great education. Nutritionalfrontiers.com, and I think it's in the events, uh, the events yeah. tab, right? Yeah. Exactly. See Joe, see Joe Biden still has COVID? Man, I'm telling you that this is a ruse to keep him out of the public's eye. Seven, this guy. I, th I think today's day seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he's got all the jabs and all the boosters. He's been on Paxlovid. He's been on everything. It's like this is a, a real good advertisement or advertisement for how good all of the medical, you know, so-called mandates or or, uh, or well, recommendations. It's interesting because you've got the vaccine that doesn't work very well. Yeah. Then they had the Paxlovid, which was the thing that I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, that's what Fauci was pushing. Yeah. Um, or no, he's the Remdesivir guy. But he's the Paxlovid, it was you know, I was like, here, take the Paxlovid. And apparently now they're having, what, what are they calling, uh, uh, rebound cases yeah. of COVID after you take Paxlovid. And it seems like Paxlovid is 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 causing mm -hmm. the rebound cases. 
and, and so now you know it was like you, you'd hear about him every once in a while in the news, and then lo and behold. Joe Biden ends up getting a rebound case after taking Paxlovid. And it was just like the next day, uh, these articles started coming out going, you can get rebound COVID even if you don't take Paxlovid. I'm like, yeah, right. really? Yeah. Well, oh, the timing on this is, is not suspect at all. You know, they don't want you to think, oh, well, don't take Paxlovid because you're gonna just going to get it anyway, which is the same thing that happened with the vaccine. <laughs> what a, what a, I mean, what a, what a, the yeah. three stooges are in charge. I'm telling you, this thing has just been been just a, a train wreck. So you see what I'm saying about the embarrassment that I have for doctors and people that believe this well, dark lies are being I, told. I'm a bit more, I don't know, I guess compassionate. <laughs> because I think the majority of doctors, like you've said before, they yeah. don't go into it going, oh, ha, ha, and they all have a chair like yours right now. Well, I don't believe they're wearing Dr. Evil chairs like no, I am. Today. No, <laughs> um, And so it's like, I, I think they get caught up in it. Where it's like, and having had limited but significant uh, experience with doctors in recent times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I've seen doctors, A, that I think, in fact, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. my, because, you know, my wife got uh, COVID the same time I did. Right. When she went in to get, like, some tests or something like that, one of the nurses that was doing her thing for her to take like some kind of scan or something like that gave her a piece of paper and on the piece of paper was a website where she could get hydroxychloroquine <laughs> so so it's like i think you've got people in 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 the hospitals that are just going along with what they have to do because they need a job but mm-hmm. they don't agree with what it is that's going on there yeah um and then i think you've got other ones that are just kind of caught up with it and i think they're they're unwittingly um, doing things that they shouldn't be doing because this, this is just what they know. You know, this is how they were taught. And so they're just, they're doing what it is they think is what it is you're supposed to do, but they can't think outside the, the, the bubble that they're in, you know? Yeah, well. And so I, that's just me. I just, I, I don't. The thing is, you're, you're really not saying anything significantly different because as I say that I'm embarrassed for doctors and scientists, it's not me being mean. It's 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 they're recognizing that they have to get past again their own ego and self perception of importance or elevated status because of their doctoral level training, to because it's it's made them more vulnerable to be hypnotized in this way, where we point out these things, or I do, and you, sometimes you'll nod, sometimes you shake your head, and we'll see that, my gosh, a fourth grader can see through some of this stuff. And that's embarrassing if you've got reached the highest levels of education. But then again, I don't worship the mind. I think the mind is a tool, a powerful tool, but I don't believe it's, uh, it's what should be in charge. And we worship the mind at our own peril because it's a, it's a programmable monkey. <laughs> it's a monkey pox. Uh-huh. Uh, and so use it as a computer tool, but don't let it run you. And we worship that mental construct. We worship the higher... Uh, what we call degrees or degrees when it comes to medicine. And I point that out that it doesn't mean you're better than anybody. At the same time, you're not dumber than anybody, but it's the vulnerability to be programmed because we worship these things as opposed to thinking critically about them where it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense as it is with poisoning people back to health, recognizing that outside of acute interventions where there's legitimacy, uh, and again, I'll acknowledge just for Super Don's sake that I don't believe these 
uh, doctors by and large are engaged in purposeful evil. But then again, how would you describe what they did in Nazi Germany? And, the they, and then again, some of them are. Today. And some of them are some really yeah. stupid people that really yeah. make horrible mistakes. My dad is a good example of that. Yep, yep, you've seen it. You have seen it. You know, it's just, it's, it's sad. All right, well, real quick, if you're out there in the garden or you got the bugs uh, bothering you around the house and you want to deal with them safely, there is a pesticide known as Orange Guard. It's made from delimonene. Delimonene is a distillate from the orange or citrus peel. It is so safe to use, I even drank it on the air. Not that I'm saying you should, but it's that safe. It won't harm your kids. It won't harm your pets. You can use it even diluted. As we talked to with uh, Tor McPartland, the developer of it, EPA is doing now. I did not know, and it's just yeah. like, wow, that's really cool because that means it'll last longer. You, you can use it even more, yeah. And I had to use it this morning, dude. It's summer, super hot outside. Mm-hmm. What ends up coming into your house on days like that? Orangeguard.com. Oh, Check out your local Ace Hardware and pick it up there, and tell them you, you thank you for carrying a safe, non-toxic pest control measure. Orangeguard.com. You can buy it there. Go direct. And uh, tell them the Robert Scott Bell Show sent you. And I uh, thank you. I use that in the greenhouse there, as you can see. And keep getting more because it works and it's safe and it's wonderful. Uh, also, uh, again, shout out to Nutritional Frontiers hosting us this weekend in Pittsburgh. We have the CBD that we'll have plenty of uh, maybe on tap this weekend, which I'm excited about, from Certified Organic U.S. Grown Source. And it's uh, CBDNF.com. The discount code is RSB15. When you sign up, if you're here in the U.S. and you mentioned the show, they will send you samples, and you'll take pictures of those samples with you preferably and send them into SuperDon, askrsb at gmail.com. We get a couple of more entrants. I'm going to do a giveaway, but I'm waiting. Somebody out there is listening to this right now and saying, I keep hearing Robert mention this. I haven't done it. Why not? If you're in the United States, you can do this particular deal. And then we'll draw a name from one of the people in the collage, and somebody will win live big-time product, a big basket of product worth Hundreds and hundreds of dollars, honestly. They're so generous, Jamie Dorley and the gang there at Nutritional Frontiers. Remember the code RSB15. You can use it for any and all of their products we've talked about. RSB15, even sale items, even a group or case discount prices. Use that code RSB15. Uh, And by the way, um, we also have uh, Trinity School is about to start up their next round of classes. You've got like three days to sign up. So please go to uh, uh, trinityschool.org, trinityschool.org. And we'll see you also mid-October for the uh, wonderful Health Freedom Expo as well. And uh, with that, let's take a brief break, an educational break. And then uh, your prayers are welcome in terms of our audio interface with guests. Sam Anthony from yournews.com is scheduled. Citizen journalism is ramping up. New media ramping up. And we like to support that. That's part of what we've been doing. I've been doing for 23 years in broadcast media. And we're still doing it all these years later. Thanks to you sharing the show, becoming patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show, texting RSB to 22828 and getting the newsletter as well, because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. I was talking with uh, one of my good friends, Michelle. I have a number of friends named Michelle that are good friends. And uh, she was t- sharing a story. It's, uh, it's a bit sad about her father. I think he's in his 60s. 
if I'm not mistaken, very young, uh, suddenly massive esophageal type cancer, uh, terminal at this point, but he went the route of chemo and everything. But it was interesting as we were talking about this, it's like he didn't have any of these issues until he got the COVID jabs. And how many of you have heard, we've had Ryan Cole on and others say that whatever is lurking below the surface, you get the jab and suddenly it manifests and it explodes. People that have had cancer, it's in remission. It comes back, roaring back. And and so it's another sad situation. And, you know, she's, you know, her, her brother, apparently, as she described to me, is very pro everything, medicine, pro jab, et cetera. And so there's been conflict in the family as a lot of families and friends are dealing with this and that her dad at this point realizes what he's going through and, and tells her you did the right thing by not getting the jab. Now, these are hard lessons to learn because, you know, many in these older generations, and I don't mean to pick on any older generations, I'm practically in them now, uh, have bought the belief that these doctors are infallible, that they know so much more than any and all of us. And yes, about certain things they've studied that many of us have not, for instance, but the reality is if you learn let's say pathology, you focus on disease. You can't see the proverbial forest through the trees because every tree is a disease and you don't understand what, what is it in the, the soil that's manifesting the illness and ailments in the trees. That's not taught. It's like, hey, there's something going wrong with the trees. Let's give them a toxic poisonous drug approved by the FDA and we'll solve this problem. In the meantime, you cause 10 or 15 or 20 others. That's why it says, I'm not impressed you know, in, as, in a gen, as a general rule to start and say, you're a doctor? Okay, I know what you went through. I've got many friends that are doctors and been through that. But what do you do now that you're a doctor? That says more to me ultimately than what you've been trained to do. If you're doing what you're trained to do, you're a monkey in that sense. Which I don't know if that's an insult to monkeypox or not, but I got to say it. Um, we have a, a lot of people that have been uh, fallen prey to the propaganda of the 20th century, partly because of the controlled media back when there were three networks and uh, public broadcasting of some kind. Uh, we grew up in that time when there was, you know, sometimes the TVs would turn off in the middle of the night and then, then the cable came and all, other things happened. And, and now it's 24-7. You can't get enough of whatever you want. There's still str a stranglehold on consciousness by those mainstream sources, despite the fact that people say they don't trust them. But the news reports are all whatever they want you to believe, the narrative. And you've seen the attempts to shut down and lock down and deplatform and censor any of us who have perspectives that don't support the underlying narrative, that the emergency is real and that we must inject you with experimental poisons or mRNA, etc. And so we're still, we're still finding our way out of that mess. As much as this audience, you have grown and you have shared the show, and I'm grateful for that. We're reaching a fraction of, well, maybe we're reaching more than CNN, but that's not saying much. But the consciousness is still out there. You still have family and friends that have never heard of some of the people that we've interviewed, doctors, never heard of the, 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 re, the re, very real concepts about corruption and failure of PCR as an, an analytical tool to diagnose anything, much less an acute or chronic infectious uh, disease. And so as much as we're in our own now bubble, right, the alternative new media bubble, there are a lot of folks that have no clue what's going on. There's no bridge in. I'm, I'm always struggling to say, how do we make a bridge to those people? You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, with great emotion. Today, I, I'm, I'm holding my emotion back 
Super Don, because when I opened the microphone uh, to, to preview the show today, it immediately went into, you know, crunchy granola redline my microphone. And so I'm like, I'm trying to just chill and be like, I'm on mm-hmm. the couch and I'm not going to gonna elevate. The, you are not on the couch. You are oh, yeah. most definitely channeling your inner dr evil there that chair i can't get over that chair i've never seen a chair like that in in a a hotel room before that is like it's like a modern art masterpiece that you're sitting on right now yeah it's it's kind of they got all these kind of crazy lamps in here so i don't know what they're going for but anyway (laughs) we're we're going to deal with it uh and and get through it uh but as i said that these uh the covid jabs are bad in and of themselves but even if they don't outright kill you they're manifesting Things like that cancer discussion I just made, uh, discussed, uh, uh, said, talked with Michelle before the show, and they're sad events, numerous sad events. But the reporting on it, the question is, are we still engaging in put, giving legitimacy to mainstream media? Like when CNN or Superdon poses a CNN article, and I'm like, I get mad at him. Or when I did that Daily Cause article about the, uh, uh, what was it now, the, the whole basis for Alzheimer's drugs yeah. being false? I mean, again, these... Even if we, we go, that's a far left-leaning liberal piece, occasionally they'll have an article that is worth pointing out, that, that breaks through. At the same time, that's not Super Don or me saying, oh, we want you to now tune into MSNBC and CNN. That's not what we're doing. We're just kind of pointing out that occasionally, even in those old media uh, outlets, there's a story that merits attention. The question is, does anybody who sees all the other garbage that they spew out even notice that one that's buried on the back page somewhere? Uh, so... With this uh, hour, if again, I'm praying that we can get Sam Anthony on here and that the audio is good because we didn't get a chance to test before the show today. Uh, this seems to be this your news, another new media type outlet, maybe a news Kevin aggregator. Kevin loves we this, this website. Okay. Kevin gives a, a major thumbs up to yournews.com. And so I guess now we get to find out why. Well, and it's interesting because I, I, lo- I noticed at the top of this page at yournews.com, it says August 5th, 2022. That's the day we're first broadcasting this particular show. And it says Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Dude, I'm in Pittsburgh right now. It, the magic it, it, of the internet, it knows where you are. I don't know if that's the case. We have to ask Sam Anthony that. Is he in Pittsburgh? And should I be say, looking over my shoulder? Is, is Sam here? Can we try and bring him in? Sam? I'm getting no audio from Sam again. See what happens here? Can we get that gearbox and, and select your audio input and make sure that it works? Uh, you know, this is like the uh, the broadcasting disaster of, of new media. This is not what we want. I want to hear from Sam. But are you using, uh, you know, which browser is he on, all of that? Have you been going back and forth behind the no. scenes so we can hear him? No? Yeah. This is, uh, this is the uh, failure to communicate here. Uh, right to test these things before we go on the air, Sam. I don't know what to do. I want you on the on the show, but if well, we can't, get you, it, I'm hearing you now. You got it. Go, Sam. Yes. Okay, you do hear me. Go ahead. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show officially now. Let me turn my volume up so I can hear you um, because it went okay. a little lower on my. But you can hear me. Okay. So yes. hey, thank you for having me, and uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet nice. you. I. I I was listening to you, so you're definitely a conservative. You definitely, uh, you were talking about the jab. I've had many conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate you bringing me on the show. Uh, I want to uh, share with you what we do. Before we get started, do you have any questions? I think you should be asking me that. But... 
Well, yeah. I mean, are you in Pittsburgh or is it just identifying that my computer is in Pittsburgh? No. So what happens is your whoever your provider is tells us where you live. So okay. not only do I know you live in Pittsburgh, it will identify you right down to the zip code. Well, I don't know if that's a, a ringing endorsement as to people that want to be anonymous, but the point is all of these websites can do that. We know that. And right yeah. now I am in Pittsburgh for a conference hosted by Nutritional Frontier. So that's why I saw that at the top of the screen. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But uh, Sam, tell me why you started your news. What is it? Is it an aggregator? Is it more than that? I know that our friend Scott, I'm sorry, Scott Share, of course, but I'm thinking Kevin, when he sends out a press release, you guys have been good about supporting their efforts to get good information out. Mm -hmm. So we are an aggregator, um, but the new model is we're becoming the actual source. So I will explain it to you because this isn't something I've been doing for a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm into this now for over 20 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what um, me and a couple guys believed years ago was that the print newspaper will eventually be gone, you know, simply because the internet, you know, would put it out of business. Right. And back in 2001, nobody ever bought that story. And today, nobody doesn't buy it. Now we're all scratching our heads going, how, how are they still in business? So everybody knows that the solution to news is, is going to be an online product. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the issue that the newspapers face is the model's broken online. Nothing local works. Like Facebook wouldn't work if it was just for Pittsburgh. Okay, mm -hmm. They need scale. So what we are is a daily we are nationwide by zip code. And by the way, you can still hear me, right, Robert? Because I only see myself. So I, You're doing okay. great. I just put you up on single screen at that moment to give you an opportunity for people oh. to see you. And, and, and you, know, the, you know, what we've been doing, I started in broadcast media in 1999 in talk radio, right? I got mm -hmm. syndicated nationally. And then eventually, Mike Adams, the Health Ranger Natural News, started Natural News Radio at the time with me as the anchor. And I started going six days a week. So five of those days were online before, you know, in the early phase of that. And now it's blown up beyond radio. So even when you talk about traditional newspapers, even traditional radio is suffering. You know, it's not what it once was. All of these things have lent itself to citizen journalism and the, the ability for anybody that can, you know, have the basic interface to, to start a podcast, which I think is a good thing. But unfortunately, um, you know, not enough if we say, because of the narrative out there, the lies about COVID, et cetera, now monkeypox are still playing out for some people. But then again, I flew here and nobody was seemingly talking monkeypox. Maybe 1%, 2% of the people wore masks. So I'm thinking the emergency they're trying to foment, people aren't necessarily picking up on it. Uh, well... Listen, the, the good to me, I mean, we, we all know there's an agenda, right? I mean, years ago, I, you know, I'm 57 years old. So, you know, let's go back 30, 40 years ago. Do you remember when, when the media used to tell you the facts and you'd form your own conclusion, right? Well, that ship has sailed, right? Now, years ago, when I started this business, the, you know, the snake hadn't really reared its head, okay? They didn't really do that till the whole Trump thing. And then they went nuts. But for us... You know, when I started this, it was just we were just building a business so we could make some money and capitalize on a specific industry. It, it, and we had a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of uh, effort spent in building this out. And we made basically every mistake you could possibly think of. I mean, I've never been in the media space. I mean, my business was investment banking. That's what I did. So I, I had I knew nothing about the media industry. And I even tell people now I can't run a newsroom. Um, that's not what I do. I'm not an editor, uh, but I could run a company. So the, the original model, what we did was, you know, it, the, 
I don't know how, well, you are familiar with the news business. You know how people that have news will send press releases to the media? Right? Sure, yeah, exactly. Well, and then the media decides what's going to get aired or printed, right? Well, news organizations are aggregators. So what I am is an aggregator of the identical content just with mega scale, okay? Exactly. So I have the ability to print it all because there's no cost and we could organize it by subject and geography. So you could have a story like somebody's Little League game be sports news for one city like Schaumburg, Illinois, and Cook County. But then you could have the high school game, which runs to the market, which is the whole DMA. And then you could have uh, the, the Monday Night Football game, which is national. Still sports news, but, but it runs national. So our technology has the ability to distribute content based on geographical relevance and by subject. Okay. Now, the hard part is the the local news reporting. So like if you and I were in Pittsburgh and we decided we we're going to put a news website together or a newspaper together, the physical cost we would have for, for aggregating the local news and going and reporting on every high school football game, you know, on the, you know, on the, uh, the city council meetings, the bank robbery, the car crash, investigative stuff, we would have huge overhead and payroll. Now take that by 200 markets because Chicago is going to need more. New York is going to need more. I mean, my point is we would go out of business. So the original model we did you know how the networks have, um, they have like Fox, CBS, and ABC of the TV networks, but then they have local Fox, CBS, ABC affiliates across this, the United States. Right. So what we did was we licensed our digital property to broadcast stations that had news departments, okay? Mm. And what we provided was all the national news, and they plugged in the local news, and they promoted it from their stations. And I'll tell you the reason why they did it, because everybody always asks me. It's because radio and tv get a small piece of the ad pie because 99 percent of the businesses are you know do business at a two or three mile radius and their dma is huge or their signals 50 miles in each direction so what our product does is it localizes their content so it attracts a new customer base okay and that was the reason well what started happening we had oh god robert like 101 markets up and running okay and what happened was a lot of them started to fall off when COVID hit Okay. And I said, well, what's happening? And they said, well, one of the guys owned radio station, he goes, well, Sam, but there's a couple reasons. So he goes, number one, do you listen to radio? I said, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I said, he goes, well, do you know anyone who does? I go, no, I don't. Right. I go, they listen to podcasts, right? Like if you ever go to the gym, you, you see all these people with the things in their ears, but they ain't listening to the radio station, right? They're all listening to their own pop music that's on their phone. So, you know, I, I thought about it and I said, well, my God, we have 100 markets. So these are our customers. They're providing local news, and they all basically have cancer, right? So what happens if all your customers dies? You have no business. So one day I was, uh, you know, I was laying awake in bed. You know how it is. You can't, you can't sleep. And I had this epiphany come up, and it was about the citizen journalists. I said, what if we did a pay model for journalists? And the, the pay model would be I was calling it the um, – like YouTube, you know how you could get monetized on YouTube and so you can produce content, you get big enough, they'll give you a percentage of the ads, right? Yes. So I was calling it that and my marketing guy said, no, this is the Uber model. And I went, how the hell does a car have to do with it? He goes, well, you know how when you drive the car, there's a, there's a taxi fare and then they get a percentage of the taxi. I went, oh, yeah, I guess it is. So what we did was we had to redevelop the platform, which took some time. I'm guessing that probably took about six months. And then we relaunched with a new design. And then what I started to do was I started to uh, look on LinkedIn. And if, if you look on LinkedIn for freelance journalists, there's over 200,000 of them, Robert, 200,000. So basically what freelance means is I need, I'm looking for work. Now, somebody told me like five years ago, there was only like a couple thousand on there. So to give you an example, 
it has grown dramatically. And the reason is print newspapers, radio, TV stations, they're not expanding. They're contracting. So there's less jobs out there. So these guys are looking for work. Um, so what we did was we launched the citizen journalist thing. We started onboarding reporters. I spent the last, call it five weeks, we've onboarded almost 75 different journalists. And it's not just journalists. We're talking local news reporters. It's, um, it's also content creators. So I have people who have shows like yours. And what they're looking for is a pay model. Okay, where they can make additional revenue. And the way it works is somebody puts up like and I'll give you a perfect example of the model without the journalists. So remember, I'm an aggregator and my product at full scale puts the power of the press back in the hands of the people and gives them their freedom back. Right. Because nobody believes there's freedom of freedom of the press anymore with our product. We're the ultimate in freedom of speech because everybody can contribute to, and everybody can have a voice. But what happens is and this is what I want you to grasp. It's. The magic, we're a social media platform because by definition, it's public participation. So you can actually set up an account and post something. You could post your kids' Little League game. You could post a press release. You could post a video, right? Once approved, you get email notification with a direct link to your story. And you know what everybody does? They share it on social media. It's not because they like me. It's self-serving to them. And I'll give you a perfect example. If somebody in Pittsburgh puts up their kids' Little League game and grandma and grandpa live in Boca Raton, there is a 100% chance grandma and grandpa are going to see that story because it's going on Facebook, right? So the magic formula to any social media site is content equals readership. Once you've aggregated all the content, you got all the readers, the game's over. So our goal will be to take all the news that flows out of the U.S., bring it under one umbrella and create one uniform media. Not just here, the, the expectation is to grow across the globe. So now let's talk about the, go ahead, what were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking about the, the model that we've been doing since I started in talk radio. Uh, we are now on two hours plus a day, six days a week. Um, lots of content, lots of fascinating things we cover from a perspective that you don't find many, many other places, even in new media. And, you know, as we have been banned and deplatformed on numerous sites, including the biggies like YouTube and even Spotify, uh, hmm. you know, the question becomes, you know, how does it fit into that model, you know, a broadcast like this that's, uh, you know. Very simple. I'm assuming you put this stuff up on Rumble. Well, uh, it, it, it audio podcasts easier than the video uploads. And that takes go, a lot more time than we have. So Okay, go to the, on your news, just click, you see on the top of the page, there's videos. I want to bring Super Don into this mix, if you don't mind, my producer sure, while ahead. we're doing that. Super D, come on in. And I want you to hear this because we're, you know, we're good at what we do. We're not good at other things or we're overwhelmed to be able to do some of these things that you're talking about. I'm fascinated, Sam, by what you've done here with your news. And uh, I like it. I like what you're doing. So, uh, all right, Super Don, you got it. He's, he says, go to the Your News site. What are we looking for here? Up at the top, there's videos. Right up one of those things, it'll say videos. Click it. Mm -hmm. Now, by the way, do you know Wendy Bell? No, she's not related as far as I know. Last name. All right. Well, Wendy, that's her. You see the, the woman with the microphone? She does a, she's nationally syndicated on the radio. She's been banned from every social media platform. She does a three hour show uh, in Pittsburgh, nine to 12. And then Funny submits enough. the show to us. So if you scroll down, yeah. you see the video right there. Okay. Yeah. And this is her broadcast. And what she does is she shares it on her social media pages. And then she, she tells her audience, if you missed my show, go watch it on your news. And every time that article opens, she makes money. Nice. Isn't that cool? Very cool. So, yeah, very cool. So the, the model we created is not just for 
news reporters or journalists. It's for any kind of content creators, right? So I could have somebody that does golf videos, how to fix your driver or be a better, better putter. And you know, you know damn well they've got 100,000 or 50,000 social media followers for golf, right? So when they post a story about that, they're going to share it with golf people. And I could go sell an ad to somebody who sells golf clubs or putters or whatever it is because you could tailor the ads around the content, right? So what I want to explain to you here is the revenue model, because not only are we an aggregator bringing all the world's information under one umbrella and creating one uniform media, but we're in the process of bringing on, my guess is, by the time we're done, a couple of hundred thousand reporters. I think we're going to need about 100,000 local. The reason I say that there's there's 20,000 cities in the United States. Obviously, some cities are going to need more than others, right? New York's not going to yeah. be able to cut it with five people. You might need 500 yeah. Uh, but smaller areas. So I'm guesstimating probably five a city. It's just a guess, mm-hmm. which means you've got 100,000 people that are going to be reporting local news. Were you going to say and something? Sam, it, it doesn't seem like you're engaged in the censorship and deplatforming of things that don't, uh, let's say, uh, follow the narrative as we've talked about this for a oh, long no. time. As a, as a matter of fact, you know, last year we finished the year out with just under 6 million people reading 51 million articles. Okay. This year we're already at 52 or 53 million articles with, you know, five months left. So mm-hmm. what's happening is, and I have to tell you, as bad as it is, it's actually working really well in our favor because now yeah. what's happening is nobody believes mainstream media anymore. That's the, I mean, very few people do. So what they're doing is they're, they're seeking out alternative news. And yeah. I'm not just politics. I'm sports, business. I'm golf. I'm hockey. I'm soccer. I'm baseball. I'm everything right down to the high school football game. See what I mean? Now, I now from an ad model, mm-hmm. think of my scale. I'm nationwide by zip code. So however many ads the Chicago Tribune can get on their sports page, I could do in one zip code. I have 70,000. There's your scale. So the way the ads work is it's on a best basis. It's on a, it's on a, the highest bid basis. So the national guys will spend, let's say, a penny. Okay, for national, they're getting tonnage. This is, by the, this is inside baseball in terms of how media as operator works and how it's evolving, and that's what mm-hmm. Sam's given us some insight into. And I'm I'm de- definitely curious about it. Obviously, we you know we report on news in our own unique way, particularly health and and, and healing topics in ways unapproved by the FDA, of course, and yet more sound in science and and, and actual benefit to people too. Uh, but yet, you know, as we've talked about the models for support for independent media, which, you know, Substack is another thing we've seen, the emergence of Substack. You've probably mm-hmm. seen that recently as well, where you're, you're getting good people with, with good content and they're finding a way because they couldn't no, they could no longer operate within the mainstream circles of legacy media. They, the things they were covering and, and writing about just destroyed the narrative, which meant that they were going to be blacklisted from their work ever again. Uh, so these things are popping up everywhere. I don't know how it relates to that Substack and what you're doing with your news, but again, I'm fascinated to see this thing this happening. A, Substack is a newsletter model. Okay, what this is is I am just my website looks like any newspaper website, right? Like the Miami Herald, Chicago Tribune. I just have seventy thousand different editions by zip code, but one mm-hmm. website. Okay. And it allows the public, and I don't know if you you know this, but try going to Fox, CBS, or ABC National, or any of the local affiliates and posting an opinion. Try posting an event. Try posting your kids' little league game. Anything. They don't allow it. Okay? 
What our product does is it allows the public to interact and post their own news, which drives a different set of eyeballs. So as I explained to people, you can't go to Fox News and get the high school football game in Arkansas. Meanwhile, I've got the high school, the journalism student that writes the stories, takes the photos and puts it up there and then shares it on social media. And I get 10 or 15,000 people reading that high school football game in a small market in Arkansas because you can't get it anywhere else. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's pretty, pretty profound. You've been developing it. Think of our model. uh, Think of our model, Robert, is it's got Facebook scale, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine if Facebook had a news website and Mm -hmm. they generate how much a quarter just in the United States, a couple billion, two or three billion. And imagine a third of that money going to the journalists. That's what we've created. So in this case, uh, with content that you mentioned, uh, Wendy Bell. Uh, funny enough, in Pittsburgh, of all places, we got the Robert Scott Bell show to do the same thing. Is there a cost involved in putting our our show on your site or no, is that it's not at all? So that's something we got to have Super Don look into because, you know, the, the part of the, the, the thing is out, outpacing the algorithm that diminishes the reach because of the message we deliver. And so creating a new or out creating the limitations is what I see you doing. And I'm very inspired to, to know you now to connect with you on this. Thank and you. I understand why Kevin Tuttle is so excited about saying you got to get Sam Anthony on the show because what he's doing is really innovative. It's, it's disruptive. I mean, ultimately yeah. here's what's going to end up happening. Newspapers are going to be gone. It's not a secret. Eventually, you know, I deal with radio stations and they even tell me they have a limited lifespan. What's going to happen with TV? I don't know. I only know when Joe Rogan is bigger than Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram combined to the tune of 50 percent bigger. you got to know the money goes is going to go to the Internet where, where right. the people are. And so when you have the 20 or 25 year olds that become the business owners at 35 and 40, they're not going to be buying TV ads. I'm sorry. It's all going to yeah. be digital. So there's a transformation here, and the legacy media is not going to survive. The next generation news platform, I'm going to give you a prediction, and I'm, I'm, I'm about 100% accurate. It'll be one global media giant localized by zip code. It'll allow, the, it'll allow the public to interact, to post their own news. By the way, not in China and not in, uh, not in, the, uh, you know, in the Arab countries, but it'll allow the public to interact and post their own news, which drives even more eyeballs. And then it'll have a pay model for content creators where they get a percentage of the revenue that appears around their articles. That's where it's going to end up being. So we'll end up becoming mainstream Mm -hmm. media, what we're doing. Well, that's for somebody else. The reality is that's kind of what we've become in the health realm, even though the mainstream concept is is it's not like we talk about legacy media. It's like what is mainstream anymore? Nobody even knows. But the reality is the gravitation, uh, you know, the forces of gravity, if you will, are drawing people in where we are banned and deplatformed. Suddenly we gain more and more viewers, eyeballs, listeners, et cetera. Uh, Yet, you know, the the working together in a situation like this, Super Don just said he signed up or or put in an application for you, for your news, for the Robert Scott Bell Show. So um, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Open up your mic. Let's get you on here real quick and see, see what's going on there. So do you see that button at the top of the page that says submit your news? The green button? I filled out the thing to become a citizen journalist team member. Okay. So now what I'm going to tell you to do is when you're on your news, you'll see yeah. a green button at the top that says uh, submit your news. I'm looking. Right yes. at the top. See it? Yes. There's two yep. of them. Well, click submit your news. Here, let me go to it so people can see here. So I clicked on this button up here and it gave me this here. Yep. It's just a blank page. Yep. 
do me a favor, take your ad blocker off. That's the first I've seen that. Somebody else told me that once, if you can. And it'll you'll see a screen that looks completely different. It'll give you a... Oh, wait a minute. No. Why is it showing? That's strange. Click it again, because that just featured in your news. Click it. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Wait a minute. Sure. I'm on the wrong page. Sorry. I've got so, <laughs> I've got so many browsers open here. Right? Hold on. Yeah, I don't know how he Let's... navigates it. He's the producer. Let's try this. There you go. You okay. see the form? Yep. Fill it out and okay. create an account. Okay. What I'll do is tag you guys as paid. Okay. Okay. And then when you submit an article, you, you my suggestion would be just uh, the Wendy Bell show. They tell me that they have a three hour show. He says it doesn't take more than 10 or 15 minutes to upload it to Rumble. So you mm. do the Rumble embed code, you put it in, and then you copy and paste that into the form and submit it to me with a title, you know, whatever, whoever you had on the show. And then okay. what happens is now it gets nationally distributed. And when, and here's how it works. Robert, you got Wendy that has 300,000 followers. I have Dr. Jane Ruby on here. You know, Jane? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jane's got 105,000 followers. She, she puts it on Telegram and drives all the traffic here and tells her people to watch her show. On the same page will be your content. So it's like you reach a whole different audience. And that's kind of what we've been looking for is how do we help one another? Because I love what you're doing. And I think that I'd, I'd rather have people go there to, to learn some things and even get a lot of better connections on the local level from, uh, uh, let's say, a media outlet that is not engaged in censorship and, and, you know, programming a narrative that is clearly disempowering or deadly in, in the fact when it comes from the old things. And Super Don, do you have that image? Uh, it was just shared with me uh, by a friend. You know, we wanted to know what is what is the old media? What are they sharing? Where, what are they spreading? And here's the image. Yep, there are six ways monkeypox is spread. ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. I mean, that's the kind of poison, if you will, or, you know, we talk about communicable disease. Those old media sites are, are really spreading it. With the occasion, they'll have a good article or a good, you know, we, we get that. But by and large, that's not what we're engaged in. And Sam, it doesn't seem like you're engaged in that either. I, I don't even pay attention to it. As far as I'm concerned, they're out of business. They just don't know it yet. Okay. Nice. That, like that's it. how I see it. Um, the, the the future of news, as I told you, will be one global media giant where everybody can my, – my whole thing take on this, because I'm the only player at the moment, and I want to remain that, and so I'm – No, we know, didn't tell anybody anything. Okay. Well, my thoughts are – for me, it's not about one side, right? Like a Democrat, Republican, I had nothing right. to do with it. News organizations should report the facts, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's just how it should work. And today, we all know they lie through their teeth. If you don't believe me, the Hunter Biden story, okay, with the laptop, okay? Right. It was all fake news. It didn't happen. Meanwhile, I watched the video of him, but apparently my eyes were lying to me, okay? Yeah. So it's just that ridiculous, and everybody knows it. So what what's going to end up happening is they're just running themselves out of it. Mm -hmm. That's the good news. So everything eventually will turn to the web, but you need something with massive scale. And that's what we have. So yeah. I, my interest is in bringing out the truth. By the way, you're going to love this. Mm -hmm. Very soon, we're going to put up an anonymous tips button mm. for people that don't want to be, you know, they, they may have documents that are legit, but right. they'll be able to do it. They'll be able to submit them to us without, you know, anonymously. And then we send that to the market editor for them to take a look at it and them to stick their journalists on it to see if it's real or not. So we so, could see another uh, uh, marketplace WikiLeaks in a sense. That's what I say. I say this is going to become the next WikiLeaks. The, the difference is yeah. I am a news organization 
And these are all news reporters that used to work for news organizations that are now coming to work for us. Yeah, we can dig deep on it. Well, Sam, I hardly knew what to expect with having you on the show today. And I am grateful that we've connected. Super Don has set up an account so we can somehow get... I don't know how long it takes. You say getting it up to Rumble is, is easier than, than other things. I hope so because we're lean in, in, in the amount of time that Superdon has to produce the show on top of everything else. So I'm grateful for any you know ease there. Wendy's, Wendy's producer, Brock, they have a three-hour show. And he said it took a long time, but he says, let me give it a try. He goes, Sam, they must have sped up their thing because he says it took 10 minutes. It was done with a three-hour video. That's fantastic. That's what he told me. Yeah. So, so that's really great. Well, I appreciate the inside baseball scenario today on media and where it's going. We're part of that, but uh, coming together with uh, the things that you're doing, I think it could be a tremendous thing to outreach and get more people plugged in to, as I, as I say, our, our goal, like when we report on these things, these are facts that are not reported on anywhere else, or if they are, they're twisted in such a way that keeps people living in perpetual states of fear and uh, our government, if we can call it that, uh, continues emergencies without end and then pretends that an emergency allows them to completely ignore the Constitution and limitations on their activities. And uh, we've got to get beyond that. And, uh, you know, a real media was considered the fourth state at one time where it actually would hold the feet to the fire, right, of the government, et cetera. Now it's become the cheerleader for centralization of bureaucracies and emergencies without end, et cetera. I, I agree with you. You know, this is where the the local newspaper is essential to democracy in this country, right? Because without it, these people could run amok. Okay, now what's happened is somehow they've aligned themselves with a political entity, which makes it even worse. So what I want to do is bring back the old school reporting. That's my game. That's what I want to get done. We need it's, more of that. That's yeah. really what it's about. And, you know, th- th- there's still a demand for news. Remember, it's just consumption that's changed, right? So all we have is a different printing press and a different paper boy. Yeah. That's it. Well, Sam Anthony, thanks for uh, being on board today. Thanks to Kevin Tuttle for connecting us. And uh, the work you're doing is so important. Uh, really gives me some uh, hope that, uh, you know, this, this new media explosion will have legs far beyond all of the experimentation that's happening now, which is good, uh, leading to uh, models that will actually work and then putting the, the big boys out of business because they, they shouldn't be in business. They're all there artificially propped up at this point. We know that. It's only a matter of time. But uh, Sam, I appreciate it. I'm glad Superdon was able to connect us as well with an account. So we'll see if we can get some things up there on your news as well and let everybody know. Awesome. All right. You keep doing a good work too. And listen, I mean, you know, you start posting content to us, you become part of it. So it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. This is what people are looking for, right? Nice. They're looking for, they're looking for the real news, not the not the fake news. So you know, you're doing a great thing too. I just want to say thank you for that. All right, everybody. So that's Sam Anthony, yournews.com. It's linked up in the notes. Hopefully, we'll ha- be able to have them as a featured, uh, uh, let's say, source or resource for a lot of news that we wouldn't find otherwise if reporters are going to dig in stories like like they used to back in the day, and then even better now. So again, Sam, thanks so much for being on board today. All right. Thanks for having me. You have a great weekend. Take care. We'll talk again. All right. That was fascinating. Again, that was a a really uh, unexpected uh, journey, so to speak. Not like a Hobbit thing, but it was. And of course, I'm in my Dr. Evil chair. You can see why everybody's intimidated now and scared. I shouldn't have had Sam on now that they won't listen to him because of my scary chair. No, I think they will. I think that was totally. (laughs) I just want to see your mini me. (laughs) (laughs) That's my son. He's not here with me. 
but you know, think about the things we've been doing in media to connect like that to see what he's doing. It's like, wow, we've watched the evolution. We've been part of the old platform and still have our toe in to talk radio. And Dude, I, I got I to gotta be honest with you. I, I, I like you. I, I didn't know what to expect, right? And, and it was just like, suddenly I was just like, what? Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, I'm like sitting up in my chair and I'm just like, wow, he's talking our language here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated to see how this works. I've got, I've created the account and, um, you know, I, whatever, we're, we're just going to jump into it and, and see what happens. And not only is it something that gives us an opportunity to put our information out there, but as I was going through it, I was looking. I was like, "Wow, you know, I could really use this for show prep and stuff." Absolutely, too. yeah. You know? So, we and not only that, but how about like like guests and stuff that we could have on our show? We could cross promote with some of these other people that are on this and stuff too. Well, so, well, anybody that's doing good work, I mean, it's like Jeffrey Jack, like an innovative, real journalist amidst the crap that's out there. He's so, definitely somebody I, I'm, I'm going to tell right? about this. Yeah. yeah. Or how know, about how about like Celia Farber? Right. Well, they're, you know, I mean, that's they're doing the Substack, which is, as you said, the newsletter model. But in terms of news aggregation and things, there's still a John place. Rappaport, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, all of these people that we know from over the years, yeah. these 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 outstanding investigative journalists, um, they def- definitely need to take a look at this. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for indulging us to all of you watching. Going, well, that wasn't really about health and healing, but it is <laughs> communication. It's like, how do you get the, the, the information to land? And, and as I said earlier in the show, even uh, as I was observing what was happening on my trip here yesterday, watching people in the airplane stacked on top of one another, one percent maybe wearing masks and nobody's talking monkeypox. What does that tell you about the success of the federal government and even all of their broadcast media outlets, even as they're trying to spread and foment the fear? Well, at least yesterday, throughout most of the day and in through the night, there was not one mention of it. People weren't afraid of, you know, I didn't see anybody going, oh, don't touch me. Not like everybody was touching people, but you're sitting on top of people in these airplanes. And, and yet they're failing and there's evidence of their failure, yet they still seem to pretend the illusion of holding the consciousness of the people. And I think it's very tenuous. You know, that's an understatement. In the meantime, this is a practical or pragmatic approach with your news to really get that, uh, that new media really blasting out where it should be. Sam's saying that the account isn't showing up. If you can try it again when you sign up, I don't know what's going on. But well, Sam, let's stay in touch too, please, because you know, we really want to make this work if, if there is a way to direct connect now that we're connected with Super Don and you and make sure it happens because I see a lot of good things with this and I appreciate that very much. Um, in the meantime, we also have another monkeypox story I want to get to. And this is another fascinating angle that you will not hear often even in the new media. We talk about perspective on how they're trying to foment the fear, the fear mongering here. And uh, let's see if I can pull this uh, story up here. Uh, let's see. Where is it in my news cycle there, Super Don? It's, it's one of the stories at robertscottbell.com. And it was a monkeypox. Here it is. I'm going to open it up here. All right. So this is the story. It says monkeypox cases in Africa uh, are not, interestingly enough, concentrated amongst gay men. This is according to the World Health Organization. Unlike other countries with monkeypox outbreak, Africa's cases are not concentrated among gay men. Now, for this makes perfect sense because I've been following the, the what we call the scam of HIV causing AIDS for decades. And I say this not to deny that there has have been uh, immune collapse in certain segments of the population associated with what they call AIDS. But the reality is, as with AIDS was, 
what were those people in that group, if you can call it a group dynamic of, of, of gay males in the 70s and 80s doing that precipitated an immune collapse? They were engaged in behaviors that resulted in infections, that resulted in massive amounts of antibiotic use that destroys utterly the gut, the immune system, the microbiome. And there were doctors, in fact, that precipit- or, or predicted an immune collapse specific to that community, that there would be something devastating happening because of what was occurring at that time. Now, fast forward 30 to 40 years, and we see monkeypox manifesting in who? Primarily, as they say in the Western world, uh, gay men engaging in those similar risky behaviors that result in what? Infections that result in antibiotics that result in immune destruction or collapse. So the vulnerable, in other words, your immune system is, 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 is uh, weakened, and then it manifests in any number of ways. Now, in terms of the proclamations about monkeypox, it's still not killing people here in the West, and yet it's an emergency. And it isn't definitively monkeypox either, because if they use PCR as a diagnostic tool, we know the fallacy of that, the limitations of that. And so we go to this statement about Africa, and we go, all right, this is a repeat of history, of recent history. Why is it manifesting of, over a broader population in Africa? Well, what is it that's unique about Africa? Certain areas of Africa don't have uh, uh, good sanitation systems, sewage systems. Some would argue hygienic practices in living in the midst of sewage running in the streets are not optimal. There may be a reduction in access to good nutrition, which results in what? Without good nutrition, poor health, sanitation, nutrition, hygiene. So even without engaging in so-called risky practices that result in infections, you have a community in certain areas of Africa that are immune depleted, immune deficient. This was, of course, AIDS as well. And they redefined the normal infections that were killing people in Africa as AIDS. You only had to have, you know, let's say one. You could have uh, TB and weight loss, and that was now AIDS. You didn't even need an HIV test. And that was my point, that the tests are the scam. The test gets you thinking it's something that it isn't instead of focusing on real healing by enhancing nutrition hygienic practices, uh, sanitation, sewage, all of these things, we were focused on killing, if they could, a retrovirus never caught in the act of doing anything based on a test that is a scam because it will test positive for 120 different things. You could be pregnant and you'll test positive. In fact, if they don't dilute the blood in the HIV test, 100% positivity. So we have this, the, the scamdemic of testing. It's a testdemic, just as we've said about COVID. It's not COVID, whether we say there's illness or not, we believe, yes, people were ill, they were harmed, they were actually killed more by treatment in hospitals, but the reality is a test-demic. Again, our enamored uh, status of worshiping tests, because, oh, it's, so t- it's a test, have caused us to, to relinquish critical thinking skills, and then you look at an article like this that says monkeypox cases in Africa are not concentrated on gay men. Why? Because it's an immune deficiency again. In the West, those are the people that have immune deficiency more than most because of these behaviors. In Africa, it's because of the different living standards, if you will. And it's not every area of Africa either. So I just wanted to bring that out as a, a, another consideration. And this is, I'm speaking about this with little or no sleep. <laughs> Having arrived in the middle of the night, as my flight was delayed four hours and I got, I got to the hotel by 4.30 a.m., tried to get to sleep by 5 a.m. today. And yet I could still see through this. And that's the point of practice and investigation 
That's what investigative journalists would do, like John Rappaport, uh, Super Don mentioned, picking out the flaws in the story and pulling the threads and finding out where they lead you and not relying on a paycheck from those that are being paid because the pharmaceutical industry is supporting them to not see or report on certain things. And if you're paid very well to not see things, you will not see them. If you realize that all the grants that Fauci has been given control over, the billions of dollars that he doles out through his little fiefdom at NIAID, and you propose a grant to study something that would then overturn decades of lies that lead to certain drug therapies that are, or vaccine therapies that are so profitable but deadly, then you find out that the money controls the investigations. And you say, well, if, if that was true, Robert, what you're saying, everybody would know it. Well, a lot of people do know it, but a lot of people don't still because they live their lives outside of that medical pharmaceutical research bubble. And, the, the, you know, the great researchers that I've highlighted over the years, including Professor Peter Duisburg, one of the smartest, intelligent doctors you'll ever meet in, in many lifetimes. And the moment he started questioning the HIV causation hypothesis of AIDS, this is a guy who was the youngest member ever elected to the National Academy of Sciences. He could do no wrong. He was the golden child of, of science. And no grant was ever turned down. And suddenly he couldn't find grant money to save his life. What happened? He questioned the narrative that was no longer allowed to be questioned. And that is why we need that fourth estate return. We need good investigative journalism, whether it be on national and global stories or local stories, the same thing. Talking about corruption in the local city council or the school board, we're seeing a lot of that happening with CRT and other things that people didn't realize what was happening. And this is, again, a time where you recognize why are people gravitating to this show or to now your news? Because we seek and desire authenticity. We recognize we're being lied to constantly. You find out who's actually speaking some truthful things that I can validate and see time and time again what he said or what she said. Yeah, it was actually right. It sounded weird at first. Part of that in a free market for ideas and news, that will bubble to the surface. And that which is obviously a scam or lie to me becomes obvious to you as well over time as you can engage. Of course, as they deplatform us and ban us and more of you discovered us because of that. It's fascinating how that works. Law of reversed effort or like in Star Wars, as what's her name? Princess Leia says, the more you squeeze, the more star systems will escape from your grasp. And we're seeing that happen as well. Uh, but these things are, you know, in real time, we're in the midst of it. We'll look back historically if we're still alive years from now and look back. Well, wow, that was the craziest time ever. We were in the midst of that. We survived that for those of us that do. So I encourage you to share those good people, those good sites, those good reporters and share the show. Uh, this is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty. And uh, before we uh, finish up today and then we go into the bonus round, um, what are you wiping your butt with? I, I know that's a weird question to ask. I'm sorry. I got to ask it because it's the number one, number one story Super Don sent out in the newsletter. This story about toxic toilet tissue. I'm not kidding. And uh, let's see. I think it's the Alliance for Natural Health is covering this. Turns out there's like a lot of nasty stuff. You think what's coming out of you is bad? What are you cleaning it with? The forever chemicals, the PFAS contamination in a lot of the toilet papers, toilet tissues. And so, uh, you know, I, there are things that we do unconsciously, blindly, and we have not realized in a century of the things that have happened in the 20th century to today 
how much we've been poisoned and intoxicated for convenience sake. Now, whether it was by intent or design, the end result is a lot of ailments, illnesses. We talk about xenoestrogenic impacts of chemicals causing girls to be boys or boys to be girls. Where's all this gender confusion come and never existed before outside of the anomaly become so commonplace? Could the chemical infiltration of the things you're wiping your bottom with also be contributing to it? I've talked about the, the, the heat-sensitive receipts that you get still if you get paper receipts containing bisphenol A, BPA. These are xenoestrogens that will alter endocrine you know, integrity, causing boys to become girls, for instance. Or as Alex Jones says, turning the frogs gay. But really, this is happening before our eyes. And who's talking about that other than from an earth muffin perspective that is get, getting lost in global warming? As opposed to the legitimacy, as I've talked about, global intoxication. That's an issue, which is individual intoxication and how to resolve it. So we'll do that and more as we do two hours plus a day, six days a week here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. God bless you all for being here, supporting us, sharing the show, becoming patron supporters as well. We have our AMAs once a month on Zoom. Love to have you join us in the uh, August edition coming up. It'll be on a Saturday morning. I don't have that in front of me, but let's take a pause. Remember Orange Guard instead of toxic pesticides, orangeguard.com, delimiting. You can get it at your local Ace Hardware stores. Talk about local, independently owned, and they carry a non-toxic delimiting, orange peel-based pesticide that actually works. And I hope you'll use it like I do in my garden and around the house like Super Don does. So thank you all for being here. We've got a lot more to do, but not enough time to do it. As Friday is rapidly coming to a close, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope to see everybody either there or online in Pittsburgh, for the Nutritional Frontiers event, two weeks from now, Autism One. And then we've got a bunch of other events, including an Orlando event with Dr. Terry and Stu Warner and the biggie, the Health Freedom Expo, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com, mid-October in Chicago or outside of Chicago, uh, Tinley Park. Hope to see you there as well. Thank God you're here. I really appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back in 60 seconds for those who are watching live. The power to heal is yours.